Welcome on into the Saturday show. We, we have, have an open. We have an open. Will Smith really working his magic back there in studio this uh, this morning. To, oh, we've got more than one. We're gonna have new Sweet. new imaging all throughout the day. Pretty exciting stuff here on the Saturday show. We are live and alive. I'm Adrian Lizer with Jay Cash down here with Talon Chapel. Uh, we are at Ashley Furniture Home Store, 1773 South, 300 West here in Salt Lake City. Really easy to get to. Just get off. Uh, I got off that 2100 South yeah, exit. Get on the collector ramp. Yep, yeah. and uh, then just you hang a left on 3rd West, and it's really easy to find. Big tower says Ashley Furniture Home Store on it. We're excited to be here. They've got some monster deals going on this weekend, so make sure you come on in. Uh, stop in for huge discounts on last year's Tempur-Pedic and Stearns and Foster models. You can get clearance of up to 90% off on some merchandise. I walked through the uh, clearance area, and there's a lot of cool stuff down there. And Some of that you can find for up to 90% off. Um, and you can also come by for a free comfort test on most on the most recommended bed in America and receive a $25 gift card. So you might as well come on in, test that comfort bed, mm-hmm. head out to the clearance department, see what you got there, and walk around this beautiful building. Lots of furniture. I've seen all these leather sectionals. I came through the bed section and almost fell asleep. My wife sent me with a list of things to look for. Really? See, yeah. there you go. So there you go. I. What I, are you looking for? What's in the? What do the hatchlings need? Down uh, there? She's looking for new chairs for kind of like a like a like kind of counter area uh-huh. where she wants chairs for. So I got I got a few things I got to check. Well, it'll be interesting to see uh, what I'm able to find. But this store is massive, it, and I'm excited to go explore. It is huge. So yes. come on in. It's a come on. Take take some time. Walk around. Check it. Mm-hmm. Saw some people looking at some couches earlier. They're really happy with what they are finding. Uh, they got these huge, um, yeah, screens like touch screens. It's a touch screen. Kind of yeah. reminds me of those giant ESPN screens that mm-hmm. they have on TV. You can search the whole store yeah, from one little spot. Yeah. So come on in and make sure you check out the ninety percent off, up to ninety percent off clear section on certain things back there. So it's really and not only that, there are some really great deals back there on beds, mattresses, and things like that. So we're excited to be here. Come by and see us. Talon has set up probably our best uh, assortment of shirts and hats and desk ornaments we've had in a long time. Really, we've got jazz shirts everywhere, any style. Uh, So come down to see us. We're we're back in the, uh, what section would you call this? The couch section. Yeah. You'll find us. We've got our giant zone poster up. So come by and say hi. Just across from their sleep center, so yeah, come on by and check it out. Yep. So, so uh, we and uh, we've got an excited show for you today. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of NBA playoffs, some college football because that's always in the news. I will continue the tradition of five minutes of soccer, which will happen with two hours. Jake and Talent RSL for the station here, and uh, I will turn over the time to them later on in the show as well against my better um nerves we have the champions league final going on right now i know you're um, over there distracted Tottenham hotspur we're literally a minute into this match there's a handball there's a penalty kick already it already started it's so it's off and rolling sounds yeah. riveting it's riveting it is it's absolutely riveting well why don't we talk we'll start today jake let's talk about a sport where you can use your hands <laughs> i like it let's do it and that's and that's the nba as the finals got underway uh, over, let's see, was that Thursday night, mm-hmm. um, the Toronto Raptors prevail in a fun game. Surprising. Surpri- yeah. Surprising, I guess, in the sense that everyone thought the Warriors were going to run away with it. But in this game, without Kevin Durant, 
The Raptors, they have home court advantage, so they were able to take in a fantastic atmosphere. I, I have to admit, that looked like a great time. Every person in the media is talking about how awesome Toronto is of a city. I guess when covering uh, NBA basketball, it was it was hype. Jay, uh, Drake was there, and he was having a good time. He was in his Dell Curry jersey, which I don't really, I don't really mind. As long as Drake's staying in his area, I really don't care what he's doing. Just don't go out and massage the coach or whatever. That's exactly. Nice. Stay in your air, stay yeah. in your seat. Um, all of this is being made of Drake and Draymond and stuff like, like the Warriors kind of started it too. So it's it's fun. I think it's all in good fun. I th- Draymond after the game was asked about it, he said, "Well, we we barked at each other a little bit. Yeah. Is whatever." Well, the, someone asked him if it was a scuffle, and he said, "I don't think it was a scuffle. <laughs> we just kind of had some words." So a scuffle. So I I don't really mind Drake. It's good for the league. The league doesn't hate it. He's maybe the biggest music star in the world right now. He's up there, absolutely. He, especially in the hip hop world, he's probably the most popular hip hop artist in the world at this moment. So come on, the, the league doesn't. Don't, don't hate discount it. my boy Little Nas X. Come on now. Well, well, with more than one song, but Country Road is like right. the song. But Drake has more than one song. <laughs> No, you're right. No, so, but anyway, it's good. The NBA, I'm sure, I'm sure they called him and said, "Hey, man, uh, if well, you no, would, they, they don't touch, much. you know, don't touch people, don't massage the coach, don't yeah. walk out there." But Adam Silver said that they've been in touch with his representation. He kind of laid out, "Hey, this is what you got to do, what you can't do, etc." I'm with you. I don't mind his antics on the sideline, having a good time. It's the same stuff Spike leaded back in the day with the New yeah. York Knicks. But, yeah, don't walk out there and massage the head coach's shoulders yeah. mid-game. And a lot of people are like, oh, the rules don't apply to Drake. Well, they, they do. They do-ish, but they don't really. I mean, he's yeah. a he's a team ambassador. He's legitimately employed by the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. And he's a, he's a superstar. We all have people in our lives who, whether it's family, whether it's work, whether it's friend group, the rules don't apply to that person. And uh, Drake is kind of one of those guys, but yeah. as long as he's behaved. But anyway, that's not the point but of the game. Big credit to Toronto, because like you said, the, yeah. the environment was fantastic. The fans have been enthused. It's their first trip to the finals. I hearken back to 1997 when the Jazz finally made it to the finals. The Delta Center, as it, as it was called at the time, and that place was electric. It's kind of what the Scotiabanks Arena has become up there in Toronto. And it's a credit to the Toronto Raptors for going out and taking care of business in the first game. I was with most of the talking heads nationally that I felt like if um, Toronto was going to have a chance in this series, they needed to win game one. They needed to send a message to the Golden State Warriors that, hey, we're a force to be reckoned with. And that game, it was not a fluke that they won. They went out and absolutely dominated that game and won it fair and square. So that's a credit to them. Yeah, I think so coming into the game, there was a lot, so I wasn't necessarily surprised that Toronto got to the finals, as you know. I yeah, you picked them, yeah. Picked them. But, I'll give uh, you credit on that. You picked them. You were with them the whole time. And uh, so I'm not necessarily surprised, but I think a lot of people were surprised because what was the narrative before the playoffs even began, Jake? That the Bucks are the only chance, other than the Rockets maybe, to go out there and beat the Warriors. Well, then that was the thought because of how dominant Milwaukee had been. But there's been talk for a few years of Toronto being a team that could really contend for championships, but they always fell short traditionally. Yeah. They got a superstar. They made a one-year rental essentially on Kawhi Leonard and it has paid off in spades. He's yep. made him, he got him to the finals. He has been the best player on the court for most of the playoffs in the series that they have played. And I, I think that what he has done, what the Toronto has done as a team, 
it's it's a credit to that franchise for going all out, going oh wait, not all out, going all in mm-hmm. on this opportunity because they know their window is small yep. because you have guys like Kyle Lowry who are aging out. But it's also credit to what Masai Ujiri has done up there, building that roster with no lottery picks really. And you know he got a, I mean. Kyle Lowry didn't speak to him for a while because yeah. he traded away traded his, his best, best friend, friend in DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. But you're right, the it all it paid off, but a lot of what has paid off for the Raptors is Kawhi didn't necessarily have a great game. Yeah. He had 23 points, not really what we're used to out of Kawhi Leonard in these playoffs. But it was guys like Pascal Siakam who probably won't have the game he had like a career not. night where he's hitting 12 shots in a row. Yeah. The 12th one that he hit in a row was like a completely blind flip over the shoulder in the lane spinning layup that went off the yeah. backboard and in. But if you can get a guy who can give you 20, maybe 25 points in the mm-hmm. next game, Kawhi looked a little hobbled, but maybe he's feeling better by tomorrow night. Um, and then Marcus Gasol, who played, played incredibly. And my question with Marcus Gasol was, is he going to be able to guard and be pulled away from the paint where he's, so, he's such a good defensive player? Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you get the big man pulled out into the three-point line, what happens then? I had a question about that, and then yeah. after watching game one, I'm thinking, why do I have a question about that? The bigs on Golden State can't shoot. <laughs> no, Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney can't shoot. Draymond Green can't shoot from outside Andrew this year. Bogut is not going to be an Andrew offensive Bell's threat. Andrew Bell's not going to – he's not going to shoot from the outside. So, really, it's fine when it yeah. comes to Mark Gasol. And on the other side, he's a guy who's able to stretch the floor. Mm. He had a really nice first half. I guess you could say he dropped off a little in the second half, but I thought defensively second half he was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Lowry only had seven points, but took a couple charges, had nine assists, and Danny Green and Fred Van Vliet, kind of the two um, role guys who kind of well, who showed up big for them in game one. Fred Van Vliet needs to continue to have children in Apparently, the playoffs. Yes. Because since he had his son, as a, a boy that he had, yeah. he's been on fire from beyond the arc. And is that what happens when you have kids, Jake? Your life just turns around and everything goes well things, for you? There are certain aspects of it I think that you absolutely benefit from. I'm not sure that my three-point shooting is going to go <laughs> to the same level Fred Van Vliet has been dealing with, but it, it's a credit to Toronto, plain and simple, Adrian. You you rode that train, and they're looking very good right now. They served notice to Golden State. I feel like Golden State, maybe in Game 2 here, is going to go a little more with their Line, their uh, lineup of death where they go kind of that small ball format and really mm. force guys like a Marcus Gasol. Okay, yeah, well, guess what? Draymond's going to be our five, and guess what? You have to go out to the perimeter and deal with him. They need to get Kevin Durant back, but it doesn't look like that's happening until at least game four. Yeah, and Draymond, he's struggled from outside. So, so far, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. At least this year he hasn't been very good. And with Andre Iguodala maybe having some injury issues, I'm fascinated to see what the Warriors do. Because their big three are going to have to play well. Draymond Green had a triple-double. It's not like he had a bad yeah, game. No, he, um, he, he did, did his part. He didn't shoot a lot. He had nine attempts. He only made two of them. But he went to the line. Steph Curry, I, th- I thought their uh, defense was interesting. Austin and I talked about this on the show yesterday on Tony and Austin, where they would just throw two bigs right at Steph every time and mm-hmm. get him to drive down to the key. Yeah. And that's I think that's going to be the new way to defend three-point shooters. I think. We saw the Jazz do that against James Harden. My least favorite shot in the NBA is the paint floater. You don't like the floater? I think it's the worst shot. If you're telling me that the Jazz decided that the best offensive scorer in the NBA, their game plan was to get him to shoot floaters in James Harden, then you might be on to something. He continually missed them. I know he had to shoot over Rudy. Well, he missed them at first, and he started hitting. 
But it's a shot that a lot of guys struggle with. Yes. And they kind of tried to get Steph to do that. He was able to get to the rim and get to the line 14 times. Yeah. But I think they're going to continue to try to force these potent three-point shooters into the lane and try to hit a little floater. The reason Chris Paul is so dangerous from in there is because he stops and turns it into a jumper. Well, his mid-range game is fantastic. Right. Yeah. So, You're right. Anyway, I, I think they're going to keep trying that. And Clay Thompson only got six threes up. I think the Warriors are really going to emphasize trying to get these guys open mm-hmm. for three and Clay and Steph. But the Raptors are really good at rotating on defense, and they've got a guy in Kawhi Leonard who can shut down anybody. They do, and that's that. That is one advantage they have. I'm interested to see what Golden State does tomorrow night in this in this game too, because they went out there, and I I really feel like they tried to play their normal game. Of course, Sands, uh, Kevin Durant in their lineup, but Toronto had the answers for them, mm-hmm. and that and that's got to serve notice to them, saying, "Guess what, guys? We understand what you're going to do. We can defend it. We have the bodies. We have the ability. We can mm-hmm. we can line up with you guys, man for man." And now Steve Kerr and his staff and the players on the Golden State Warriors, it's their job, like you said. They're probably going to try and uh, do some things to free up guys from the perimeter to open things up on offense. But they have to do it pretty quickly here. I don't know that there's extra days between finals games and whatnot, so there's plenty of time to adjust. But Toronto took game one, and they now controlled this series for the time being. So before the series, what did you think it was going to be? And has your mind changed? I had Warriors in six. I had it in five. I had Warriors okay. in five. And it's Which changed. Is still possible. I'm pushing to six or seven Six at or seven? Yeah. Okay. So you think the Raptors get at least one more game out of this? But Maybe tomorrow night, I really yeah. feel like. I, I'm, I'm, I, like I said, I'm interested to see how the Warriors adjust on the road playing against Toronto. This is the first time I think uh, PK said it yesterday. It was 11 or 12 series that the Warriors have played. It's the first time they've lost game one in a series in some time now. So they... It, they're playing in some rather unfamiliar territory for themselves because mm-hmm. normally they have been the more dominant team. But like I said, Toronto served notice to them that we have the ability, the talent, we have everything that we, you uh, that we need to go man for man with you guys. And yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Maybe they've shocked us all a little bit in thinking that maybe they could go out and win this series. And I, yeah. I hated the fact that there was a lot of talk that this series was going to suck and. I was afraid it's, it was going It's to. really easy to think that way because the Warriors have been so dominant. That's exactly And then how I the thought. team that everyone thought was the chance to beat them lost. Mm-hmm. So I just hope that, A, it doesn't suck going forward. Like some Warriors win five, four straight and get out of there in five games. I just hope we get a good series and it looks like we're going to be getting something well, like that. The one thing, I, if you're the NBA, like Adam Silver and the people in the league office, you know, the one thing you want to see in this series is Toronto to topple the Warriors, because that brings renewed interest in, hey, Golden State is um, human. They, yeah. they they do bleed. It's the old Rocky reference to Rocky Four, And that would help, I think, with the interest in the NBA. I, and I think you're right. I think people need to turn their TVs on because well, we, we talked about this last yeah. week that the ratings are down, and then everyone at the same time out of one side of your face says you hate LeBron, but when he's not in the finals, you don't watch. Come on, <laughs> turn yeah, it on. true. This but, is going to be a great series. And maybe we see the Warriors go down. They'll still be one of the best teams in NBA history, even if they lose the NBA Finals this year. 
But turn it on. This is going to be a good series. It would help with the league's perception as a league that still has some parity if they were to lose this series. I'm and still, it helps the, the look of the Eastern Conference. It does. I'm still picking Golden State to prevail in the series. Do, yeah. That's just me. I think in six or seven, they do win the series, win, win it, and then they'll be coming back trying to defend once again a year ago. But it would be very interesting if Toronto were to take care of business here and serve notice to the rest of the league. Guess what? The Eastern Conference can win a championship that's not with a LeBron-led yeah. team. Yeah, the East, I mean, you can talk about the bottom half of the East, but there are a couple of pretty good teams at the top. Milwaukee's very so. good. Toronto's proven they're very good. So, yeah, you're right. I, I, I'm i interested. If, if Toronto wins tomorrow night, we're very much looking at a team that very well could win their first title in their first trip to the NBA Finals. Yep, definitely. Also in the NBA, Jake, um, locally, the Jazz holding a bunch of workouts. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you and I do the show together because you have gone to all of these uh, it was, workouts. It was a big workout yesterday. Especially. Big workout yesterday mm-hmm. for um, interest where yeah. the Jazz could be picking. Last weekend there was like seven workouts in one day. That's a little well, bit of a Two workouts. Two workouts, 12 yeah. guys in town. But yesterday, some of the big names that came through, did anything stand out to you? Uh, during the, your interview sessions. Um, Admiral Schofield is a guy with a lot of charisma, like just personality. Yeah. And he actually came in and said, I would love to play here in Utah. I want to be a Jay Crowder. I want to be a junkyard dog. Because he understands that, hey, I'm an undersized forward because Schofield's, what, 6'6"? Six, six? He played at Tennessee, and Jay Crowder's 6'7". Six, Very similar body types. So Schofield has got the mm-hmm. girth to play in the NBA right now. He's got the strength, the body to do it. Uh, he's got to prove he can shoot. Uh, a guy like Ty Jerome who came in, he's, of course, a national champion with Virginia. Probably more of a point guard. Doesn't have the size necessary to play a shooting guard in the NBA, so you have to see if his skills could translate to playing the one. And then, of course, uh, the guy who, the whole NCAA and FBI corruption case right now, Brian Bowen, one of the faces of all of that, of course, was set to go to Louisville. Then went to South Carolina, wasn't able to play. He's played last year for the Sydney Kings and mm-hmm. Australia's National Basketball League. He came in, and he was very forthright about his time spent in Australia, and uh, I think he has transformed his game to a degree. Hmm. Uh, uh, Walt Perrin, who, of course, is the vice president of player personnel, spoke to the media yesterday, and speaking of Bowen in particular, he says that well, all these guys that go overseas – they're playing in leagues with guys who are in their 30s, upper 20s. They're older guys who are physical and not. And a lot of these leagues don't plan on guys like a Bowen who's there for just one year. Of course, R.J. Hampton yep. is kind of the next guy who's going to do it. He said these leagues don't expect these guys to come in and play a lot. But Brian Bowen, he said to his credit, went to Sydney and forced the coach's hand and actually forced them to play him because he was so good. Hmm. And that's a credit to a guy like Brian Bowen who has kind of taken – a very circuitous route to getting to the NBA, it looks like. Great he's, word. He's going to get picked at some point in this NBA draft. And it's a credit to him for going overseas mm-hmm. and making something of his situation. So I'm interested. A couple of guys who yeah. are in town. Those are guys in town targeted by Rumored to be targeted or mm-hmm. in the area of where the Jazz could be that selecting. Mid-20s. Mid-20s. Yeah. Now, we can both agree that it would be great to pick up a guy like Admiral Schofield mm-hmm. some of these guys. Yeah. They're not going to be the piece that transforms the Jazz no. into. Walt Perrin has said this draft is very much, outside of like the top three or four picks, of like normal, right. it's very much a developmental draft. You're drafting a guy on potential that you see, hey, if we work with him, we can pull this out of him, but it's a year or two down the road. It's. I think it's the same thing as we saw from Grayson Allen last year. I think yeah, when, a little bit, yeah. when he came in, since he was a four-year player, I think fans expected him to get a lot more time than he did, but he was obviously not ready 
mm-hmm. to get a lot of NBA minutes. He went to the G League and proved that he's would be an above average G League player, especially yes. scoring uh, in that playoff game. You know what, thirty eight points and yeah. dominating that game. Mm-hmm. Then he had forty point night late in the season for the Jazz, yeah. obviously, uh, when no one when he had to play a ton of minutes. So the talent is there. Mm-hmm. It took almost a year of development out of him to really get to that point. His offseason is big, but he's still a guy who, even if he takes another step, he's not a guy that makes the Jazz an instant contender, and no. neither is anybody in this draft. But if you're talking about good depth mm-hmm. and a guy who would just come in and play hard, like Admiral Schofield is saying he would do, yeah. that would be just a boon to what the Jazz have depth-wise. Yeah, and I, it was kind of interesting to hear from um, Ty Jerome actually grew up with Donovan Mitchell. They played on the same AAU team as youngsters. Oh, okay. from He said 8 to, I think, 13 years old, and the question was asked, like, so what was Donovan like back then? He's like, he's always been a freak. He said yeah, he's just he's this athlete that just mm. stood out ever since he was a little kid. So it was cool to catch up with these guys. I am interested with the Jazz, with these workouts, who they do ultimately end up targeting. Do you try and get a guy who might be a stretch four that you can develop? Mm. Or do you go with a guy on the guard line who can shoot threes? Uh, there was talk last year of them chasing guys like Kevin Herter, who's now playing in Atlanta, uh, could shoot the three at a high level. I don't necessarily think this draft to this point that I've seen has a guy like that. Yeah, I think they would have taken Herter, but obviously he was take, gone. He was gone, but they. I think this year you're very much looking, okay, what can we use? What can we get out of a guy like this? And a year or two down the road, mm-hmm. they can enter the rotation and be a foundation piece that we can use then. Exactly. You know, if a guy comes in that they believe can develop in two or three years to be a solid rotation guy mm-hmm. – in two or three years, we're talking about um, if the Jazz achieve what they're looking to this off season. that's yeah. going to be in that sweet spot window where they should be playing at their height with Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert, whatever other piece they've brought in at that point or traded for, and you just have yeah, more coming the off the Jazz bench. have transformed into win-now mode. Yep. To, and it's not necessarily championship or bust win now mode. Of course, we'd love to see them win a championship. But th- what they're doing, I think, with their roster management right now, of course, we talked about Rudy Gobert and his upcoming max extension and whatnot. This window for the Jazz is actually not a Houston Rockets window or a Toronto Raptors window. The Jazz are no. looking a little more longer towards five to seven years, I think, is the window for them right now. We'll see. I, that window can be slammed shut. If that's shut. what they're looking for, I don't know. Well, no, like I said, they're, they're, they're looking to make a move right now, yeah. but also they're also still building that roster at the bottom. I'm talking about if you, yeah. in this draft this year that, yeah, you bring in some pieces that are going to help you win in the, in the near future, but guys you bring in via the draft right now are going to help you build that roster so that window can stay extended, hopefully. Yeah. No, you're totally right about that. I worry about that. If we say five to seven, well, no, and that's I'm not saying that they're that's a long time. that shouldn't be the long play. They should, they're in win now mode, absolutely, because yeah. they're gonna be paying some money to some guys coming up, and the hope is that this off season they can pick up pieces that can really help them continue their climb in the Western Conference. Yep, definitely. All right, uh, we're gonna talk more about the off season for the Jazz and the drafts, and uh, Jake being at those pre-draft workouts is big. Walt Perrin, always a guy who's really interesting to listen to. Because he is very forthright and honest. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, when people ask questions. <laughs> so yesterday, afterwards, um, he just he, he's he's not afraid to like make make small talk, and he was he was having a good time. He's like, I love how you guys come out here because I'm going to give you everything I can give you. Yeah, and that's and that's a credit to, to yep, him. Definitely. Um, also, coming up on the other side, let's hit let's get into the thick and the thin of it, Jake. And I want to talk about 
the uh, names coming back to the state of Utah in college basketball, what effect they'll have on the team, if any, necessarily, and what kind of interest it'll drum up to have some of these names returning to school. Um, also some college football no- news and notes as the 60 and 60 is getting underway here on the Zone Sports Network. Mm-hmm. Always fun to uh, discuss and rank college football players. I got mine in yesterday. Mine's still not in. You better get to, I think it was due yesterday, Jack. So you might want. They got extended till yesterday, till tomorrow. Did they? So oh, yes. okay, cool, cool. So I uh, don't worry. I've been, I've been told I need to get it. Out. So we'll we'll talk about all that and more. We'll also let you hear a couple interviews from the week here on the Zone Sports Network. We're here today at the Ashley Furniture Home Store, seventeen seventy three South three hundred West here in Salt Lake City. Really easy to find. Um, they've got uh, huge. Merchandise sale in the clearance area, up to 90% off on some of those. You also come in for a free comfort test on the most recommended bed in America and receive a $25 gift card. They've extended their Memorial Day savings as well, so there's four ways to save and finance your purchase for up to six years with no interest or take advantage of their no-credit-needed lease options. So, hey, no interest on six years? Come in and get get your dream furniture. And uh, there's also that no credit needed lease option as well. So come on by, come check it out. We're here in the couch area. Uh, Talon has been enjoying the couches. He's been switching every five or so minutes. He goes and sits on a different one to enjoy. We've got some sweet sectionals here. Come so. on, laugh, Talon. That's funny. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, we've also got jazz shirts, jazz hats, Talon set up for us, and these desk ornaments. They mm-hmm. usually they go very fast. Uh, so come by and check us out. We're here at Ashley Furniture Home Store, 1773 South, 300 West, down here in Salt Lake. All right, coming up on the other side, the thick and the thin of it, here on the Saturday Show. This is the Saturday Show. I am listening to the show because I like sports. But you are also very attractive, and this is also why I'm listening. With Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch. On 97.5, 1280. The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Welcome on back to the Saturday Show. Thanks again for joining us. These opens. Will, you are you have outdone yourself. I, I have to say that. But thanks again for joining us here on the Zone Sports Network. We are live on location at the Ashley Furniture Home Store. Having a blast. We are in the couch section of this sprawling furniture store. There is everything you could ever want out here, Adrian. So come on by. Say hi. We've had a few fans stop by in the break there. Love to see you guys. We've got plenty of jazz swag for you. So come on by it out and check out all of their all everything they've got beds couches we're in that couch section and the sectionals are awesome yeah there, they so. are <laughs> so come on by check it out and we're having a blast thanks thank actually big thank you to them for having us out here yep today. definitely we're really glad to be here all right let's go to the thick and the thin of it here jake absolutely and uh this is just some just some headlines we haven't gotten to quite yet here in the show I want to start here, and we're going to hear from uh, Ken Pomeroy, who was on with DJ and PK, good friend of the station, good friend of mine, so I'll call Get ready for the open of that interview. Oh, so hilarious. (laughs) Awesome. So funny. (laughs) I'm sorry, I got really distracted here by what's happening across from me. Um, Anyway, uh, and he came on to discuss some of the return and the impact of these college basketball players who have... up there at Weber State, mm-hmm. uh, Tillman at Utah, uh, Nimish uh, Keta at Utah State, yep. and Yoli Childs down there at BYU. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, surprising one, I think, was Yoli Childs. Probably. The most surprising yeah. was Yoli. I, I think if you were to rank him in order in terms of the surprise factor, one would be Yoli Childs, two, is, two would be Nemius Ketta, three would be Jarek Harding, and four would be Donnie Tillman. Yep, and uh, it sounds like Ketta uh, realized that he could be an NBA draft choice but maybe wouldn't be this year, decided to come back and put some weight on. Well, let's start. Um, let's start BYU, Jake. Yoli Childs. He said he was uh, had some offers to go play overseas. Right? Mm-hmm. You were down there at that press conference. Why do you think he decided to come back? And what, if any, impact necessarily does it make on this BYU team coming back for next? Well, season? I can tell you one name who made it happen, and that's Mark Pope. I was I was told by something connected to that program that would know that as of a week before that deadline, Yoli Childs, there was not a chance that he was coming back to BYU. Mm. But Mark Pope stalked him, is what he kind of described it. He said, I, I was relentless in pursuing him, trying to convince him to come back. And I think Mark Pope could speak very uh, clearly to Yoli Childs, saying, Yoli, I was a second-round draft pick in the NBA. I had to grind for everything I got in that league. I see potential in you. Let me see if I can help you pull that potential out and make your dreams come true with another year of development. So that's a credit to Mark Pope, and it is a massive impact for BYU because having Yuli Childs on that roster, bringing over Jake Toulson from UVU, who is the reigning WAC player of the year, one of the most efficient offensive scorers in college basketball, the, the truth of the matter is now for BYU is the goal this year should be the NCAA tournament. Plain and simple. So that's my question. So Yoli coming back obviously mm-hmm. makes them a better team than if he left, right? Yeah. Jake Toulson coming in probably makes them a better team because he's whack player of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously played at BYU, then left, then came back. Yeah. Um, does it change the pecking order at all in the WCC? No. It doesn't. So we're talking about a team that's going to need to get two at-large bids. And As for BYU to get in, and they're going to have to somehow get wins against St. Mary's and BYU and uh, Gonzaga along the way, at least well, twice. BYU, probably. they're going to go to that Maui Invitational. They're going to play multiple teams who are very highly thought of. They're, they should have, they have the opportunity to put together a resume in the at-large circle. And right now, let's be real. Looking at Western basketball, the Pac-12 is down. Mm-hmm. The Mountain West, I don't think, is going to be markedly better than they were this past year. No. Utah State's probably the favorite in that league, in my mind. And losing their two biggest names in the yeah. brothers from Nevada, probably. Yeah, right? the, the Martin brothers. Yep. Yeah, Nevada's not going to be as good as they were. So, And the Big Sky is a one-bid league, the truth mm-hmm. of the tr- truthfully. So there is an opportunity for the West Coast Conference this year to claim three bids. I really feel like, and we're, you'll there hear is, but the trend is that yes. the NCAA is forcing out at larges to the, the powers, smaller conferences. Yeah, the Power Six in. teams get it. Yeah. I mean, Minnesota probably shouldn't have been a tournament team, but they get but it. They the get in because they play in the Big Ten, and they actually they won a game, obviously. But yeah, so the work for BYU is to go to like the Maui Invitational, play against Nevada on your home court, play against Houston, who's supposed to be a top twenty-five team this fall. They have them on the schedule as well. You got to go win those games. You have to make your non-conference schedule. Those big names going to the Maui Invitational is a great thing for BYU. Definitely. You go win games there. You play against teams. I think Kansas is in the field of that this year. There's a, Maui's always a stacked roster. Of, yeah, you got to get talent. some wins there, though. You pick up right. wins there, mm-hmm. and then yes, you do. You do battle back and forth with the St. Marys. Let's say you split the series with them and Gonzaga. They're loaded, and so you probably but you battle admirably against them and don't have any of those other pitfalls in the league. St. Marys might be a top twenty-five team. They, St. Marys is a great team. Yeah. I, I'm no doubt about it. 
the West Coast Conference has an opportunity to claim three bids, and that's got to be the goal for BYU. You have plenty of talent and a senior-laden roster all of a sudden under Mark Pope's first mm-hmm. year. The goal should be, and this is for Utah State, and I think Utah could have this goal as well very easily, it should be to make the NCAA tournament and make this state, if you include Weber State, maybe a four-bid state this coming season. We'll see. Weber's Mon- hard just because we'll talk about them. But Montana's sitting there. At the well, top. and it's just there's no at large. Yeah, it's a so one they, bid. Yeah. They could sweep. Yes, they could win 100 games and then lose in the yeah, you lose title the se- game and you're gone. Yeah, exactly. So, so it, it's interesting because BYU's fortunes have just gone from okay, this is, might be a little bit of a rebuilding year. Jake Toulson could do some good things to having Yoli Childs, you know, all first a first team All WCC selection, rejoin this roster who's very senior laden. All of a sudden, you're all of a sudden looking at a team that has every piece that Mark Pope could hope for to make a run at the NCAA. So tournament. your expectation is that they make the tournament. Well, I think me and every other BYU fan should be. Uh, they should be expecting that because this is a roster that Dave Rose has been wish Dave Rose had been wishing for for the last five years. Dave Rose dealt with all kinds of guys leaving early. He was hoping to get back to having a senior laden roster. BYU this coming year should have six seniors on that roster. And in college basketball, you can't discount experience. Definitely not. Yeah. I understand that the NBA is all about potential and getting potential out of guys and guys who go to four years of college. It's almost like they have something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. But in terms of being a player. In the collegiate basketball sphere, having upperclassmen pays off. We'll see if it pays off. Ultimately, what what BYU fans want to make the NCAA tournament, because that's a long ways off. We're looking. Yeah, it, it really pays off. The senior lane really pays off in small conferences. Yeah, so we'll see. But there is a big opportunity here, all of a sudden, for college basketball in the state, not just for BYU fans, just in the state of Utah, to have a little bit of a resurgence this year because. There's a lot of talent returning, and these teams should be looking at making a run towards towards March Madness. Yep, and you, speaking of another team that should is Utah State. Oh, yeah. As they get Ketza back, Sam Merrill will be back as a senior, and you mentioned how important that is. They've got Burrito will be coming back. Bean will be coming back. Uh, they've got a lot of guys returning. Ketza, I think, is that really that big piece that him returning makes them. Their goal is to get back to the tournament. They should get back to the tournament. Mm-hmm. There's not a reason they – they shouldn't be an NCAA tournament team again. They have probably, most of these players coming. They back. have one of the most premier inside-outside threats I've ever I've seen in some time in college basketball. Because yeah. Sam Merrill, I'm actually surprised Sam Merrill didn't enter his name into the NBA draft just to get the feedback from NBA scouts. Does that yeah. make sense? I don't think he meant to. He was ever considering leaving. I don't know. He doesn't really strike. I mean, this is not a not a attack on him. He okay. just doesn't seem like an NBA guy quite yet. So maybe well, that's why he But yeah, that, that's why you go do it. You go get these NBA these these NBA front per, front office personnel to say, yeah. "Hey, this is what you do need this, to work do at." This, yeah. So I I was surprised he didn't do that, but it, they have a big opportunity. I feel like the Aggies very much should be the favorite in the Mountain West in the preseason. Yep. Oh, definitely. They they're co-champs of the they're a regular fringe, season tournament yeah. champs, yep. and they've got all these guys coming back. They're a fringe top 25 team probably to start the year, maybe that 25 mm-hmm. to 30 range to start the season. But they should make the tournament easily. And going up on the hill for the University of Utah, Larry Kriskoviak still got a pretty young team. But getting a guy like Donnie Tillman back solidifies that r- roster. And with the status of the, the Pac-12 conference as it is right now, Utah should have very much the aspirations to make a run and make the NCAA tournament. They have the benefit, like you said, the the tournament is giving the 
at-large bids to these Power Six conferences. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what Utah plays in? The Pac-12, they could get that little benefit of the doubt if they have a, if they finish in that top three to four of the Pac-12. Yeah, the, and the Pac-12 has a lot of reputation to build back up. Oh, absolutely, basketball. yeah. But you're right. If uh, if they have a solid season, they could make a run at the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they might need more than the top four, but maybe with the return of Tillman, they might have a chance to do that. Um, there's a lot of ifs, but you're totally right that there there is a chance that this could be a multi-bid state next year, but these teams need to hold up their end of the bargain. Yes, they got, go win. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not going to say that come November, early November when the season kicks off, that all of a sudden the, the Marriott Center in Provo, the Huntsman Center in Salt Lake City, uh, the Spectrum up in Logan, and the Purple Palace in Ogden are all of a sudden going to be at capacity. No. I don't expect that right away, but if these teams start winning, guess what? College basketball is, gonna, is actually going to be a lot more fun to cover because fans are going to be more interested in it because these teams are winning. That's the biggest yep. thing. And uh, it should be really interesting. Stay tuned. We're going to let you hear from Ken Pomeroy. And he did he did kind of a preseason thing right before he came on with yeah. TJ and PK. And you may be interested to hear he where he numbers, has yeah. some of these local teams ranked. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, no, he was on the phone this time, Will, and uh, You're, that that was a that was a heavy topic in this interview as well. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll preview that part of the interview so that in case you missed that story in yes. the zone, it was a lot of fun. But you may be surprised where he has Utah State, mm-hmm. where he has BYU yes. and Utah because they may not be where you think. So it should be. Uh, we'll let you hear from him at the at the start of the two o'clock hour. Uh, some other news and notes, real quick, before mm-hmm. we get out to break and technical fouls coming up on the other side. Um, in the NBA, it uh, looks like uh, Doc Rivers has been fined $50,000 for yeah. some tampering comment. They are they are labeling them as tampering. Uh, $50,000 is nothing. I'm sure the Clippers are just going to Steve Ballmer just going to pay it for him. There was a great uh, gif I saw yesterday. It was somebody who said, "Hey, uh, Doc Rivers fined $50,000 and it said Steve Ballmer with the colon and showed the gif that was on the internet and it's this guy scraping through his couch cushions yeah. for the change because Steve Ballmer's like, sweet, if you can get me Kawhi Leonard, yeah, go right on ahead. Here's that money. Pay the fine. Well, Doc Rivers just said how good he thought Kawhi Leonard is, essentially. But these fines need to start being massive or else the well, tampering's never going to end. Fines aren't going to do it, Adrian. Right. I, you're right. It's got to be draft picks. It's got to It's got to be roster It's got to be something stuff. actual. Yeah, it's got to actually or have. Or multi-million dollar fines, I guess. But Yeah, that'd have to be it. But there, there's no way the, the Players Association or the Coaches Association yeah. is going to agree to something like totally. that. But it, the – the simple fact of the matter is that I'm glad the Clippers are speaking out about it because they're doing just what everybody else is doing. Yeah. The Lakers are, have been trying to get away with it for years. We'll see if it pays off for the Lakers with the Anthony Davis situation. But the Clippers are doing everything else everybody else is doing. It just happens that they're the Los Angeles Clippers, and the NBA can throw their weight around a little bit more at them, I feel like, than other franchises. Right, but also the Clippers don't care as much because well, yeah, Steve Ballmer's like, they're going to pay 50 grand. Here you go, coach. He'll, he'll slide the check across the table because it'll have to come out of uh, out of Doc Rivers' paycheck or here's whatever. Here's a bonus for but going on yeah, to that here's, show. Here's the check to make up for that right, with exactly. an extra 100 grand on top. It, uh, it is what it is. Also, uh, some draft news. John ja Morant, the projected number two mm-hmm. overall pick, going to have a minor knee injury. Not a big deal. It says it's only going to be out three to four weeks, but no. it's worth talking about the fact that he has to get the surgery. But his, he's still going to go two overall. Yeah, his story is awesome. Oh, yeah. How he was discovered. He goes to Murray State of all places. There's some great stories. in the, uh, 
Pascal Siakam. Yeah, absolutely. In yeah. Cameroon, never even uh-huh. watched an NBA game until yep. he was 16 years old. Didn't play basketball until he was 18. And he just scored 32 points. Went in to the New NBA Mexico Flames. State uh-huh. after never playing basketball. Uh, Luke Mbamute discovered him, I guess. And uh, hey. freshman of the year, then player of the year, then NBA Finals. Crazy. 32 points. 32 points in the NBA. Incredible. Finals. Incredible story. Um, all right, coming up on the other side, it's time for technical fouls, including on my end. The Packers injury, they're the big injury in the Packers world. And also, in the Tour de France, don't get in the way of cyclists. They may slap you in the face. We're going to talk about all that coming up next here on the Saturday Show. If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit from the back. Because that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. Foul. Personal foul, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Welcome back here to the Zone Sports Network, the Saturday show. Uh, I'm Adrian Liza with Jake Hatch, Will Smith back in studio, and Talon Chapel here. Uh, tech and things giving away a little bit. We'll have Talon and Jake on the air for five minutes of soccer later on. Um, we uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at AP Lizer. He's at Jacob C Hatch. Mm-hmm. He is at the Homeless DT back in studio and uh, T Chap Zone for talent. Also catch all their podcasts. There's too many to list right now. We'll list them later. You guys have too many podcasts going on in your life. We have a lot going on. Uh, we'll tell you about where we are in just a moment. But it is time for technical fouls here on the Saturday show, and it's where we pass out a little bit of a. We make funny a little for making bad mistakes. Yeah. You want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Let's start with an NBA referee. I don't know if you saw oh, this. Oh, yeah, I saw this. Bad Lake news. Havasu City, Arizona, Dateline. Air, authorities say an NBA referee was arrested for DUI in northwestern Arizona after he crashed into a tree. 32-year veteran of the NBA, Ronald Garretson, was arrested on May 29th in the area of Civic Center Boulevard and McCulloch Avenue. Oh, McCulloch Boulevard. Officers responded after calls came in saying that an orange Jeep Wrangler had crashed head-on into a tree near that intersection. Police say Garrettson told investigators he had circled around and someone hit him. Mm. Of course, police noted that his story did not make sense. He repeated himself multiple times. Well, it came to, fi- came to find out that his blood alcohol content was .192 and between .192 and .195, more than twice the legal limit to drive in the state of Arizona. Yeah, that's very high. .192 is a lot. Apparently, this guy tried to introduce himself to the cops multiple times. Hi, I'm Ronald Garrettson. Trying to play off the – I'm guessing. This is just my – my inference. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? I'm I officiate NBA games. Come on, you help me out here, buddy. That's a that's that's pretty bad news. I'm yes. guessing he's going to face a little bit of a suspension and or fine. Yeah, and he probably won't be refing NBA games for at least a little while. Yeah, for at least a little while. Um, my technical foul for yeah, he could do uh, prison ball, as Will says. Uh, cyclist. Uh, let's see, Miguel Angel Lopez, who was in the uh, let's see, I think this was the French Open or. Or not the French. Uh, the tour looks. Oh, this is in Italy, the Giro d'Italia, which I is one of the gear ups towards the Tour de France. Um, he now there's a couple technical fouls. Okay, I uh, tried to complete a stage, and a uh, fan who just got himself out on the road decided to run alongside him oh, to give him encouragement. Okay. Well, uh, this fan wasn't looking where he was going. Crashes into somebody else, then hits uh, Miguel, knocks him off his bike. He doesn't get to finish the race. 
So that's the first technical foul on the fan. Uh-oh. Just cheer them as they go by and say, good job, keep going. Yeah. You can make it to the top. We just had a, a pitch invader in the UCL final, just barely this Champions League final. So Get off the, the pitch. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's not the end of the story. Okay. Lopez then proceeds to get up and slaps the fan across the face. Open hand? Uh, I, I, that's what I'm hearing. Okay. But uh, he was that furious that he got up and he attacked the fan. So there's the second technical foul. Okay. Don't resort to physical violence. Uh, his is a little bit more understandable in a way, though, because he was just knocked out of a race. Anyways. But still, you don't Yes. Don't get up and slap him. Right not Maybe yell at him. He said, I'm sorry for what happened. I was full of pure adrenaline, but there needs to be more respect for the cyclist. So my point here is stay behind the barricades and just go, woo! Yeah. Go cycle faster, whatever you say. I don't know. I've never been to a bike event, but, uh, you know, ole, you can do ole, it. Ole, yeah. You can do it. Yeah. Get to the top of this mountain. Yes. And then uh, don't crash into people. And don't crash into the cyclists. And then don't slap the fan either. There you go. Those are all my technical fouls. All right. I got one more technical foul. Okay. Uh, this We'll have to decide where this goes. But MLB attendance, Major League Baseball attendance, is down another 1.4%, the fourth straight drop year over year for baseball. Currently, uh, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Minnesota, and Tampa Bay have set stadium lows this year. Kansas City had its smallest crowd since 2011, and Toronto and San Francisco since 2010. The Miami Marlins' average attendance right now is less than AAA Las Vegas. Uh, the Tampa Bay uh, Rays also set their lowest attendance record ever mm-hmm. with just over 5,000 people the other day. Exactly. Detroit has uh, had an average of 3,686 people on their own. It is just not great for MLB right now. Um, MLB's average attendance peaked in 2007 just before the Great Recession with 32,785 fans on average. Uh, currently, we're sitting in the high 20s and it continues to drop. But I think the biggest thing is is that Derek Jeter's team, the Miami Marlins, averaging 9,554 fans is below the average of 9,582 for AAA Las Vegas in its first season in a 10,000-seat arena in Sin City. Yeah, I think there's a lot there's a lot of problems with what baseball's got going on. Yeah. Um you can say that the quote millennials won't sit through a long baseball game. Well, then fill it up with the old timers because they're not going either. But Philadelphia, the Bryce Harper effect for the Philadelphia Phillies, they've increased their average attendance this year by 10,383. Yeah, and it may drop off eventually once this. But there's a lot going on with baseball that they, it's it's a hard game to go to because you have to really devote a lot of time. It is, yeah. You can go to a jazz game and get in and out of there in three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball games are much longer than that. They can take a while, absolutely. Cause... And, you know, and it's maybe people are want to watch it on TV more. You can fast forward. I know Tony, he watches, he watches every single Cubs game, but he watches it on the MLB TV thing where you can skip to each pitch. Who are the interesting the stars in baseball in right now? Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. That's a great point. Will said, you know, he asked us, I don't know if it was on the air, but who are the stars? The best player is on the worst team. And Mike Trout for the the Angels. Like Giancarlo Stanton's been on the DL or the injured lead, so not the DL now. It's the IL for most of the year. But Mike Trout's boring, though. Yeah, and Mike Trout's boring, so I'm sorry. He is. He's not a flashy guy, that's for sure. He's not not going to go out there. The MVP is on one of the worst teams, so – that's a lot of things going on with baseball. The Twins, they just said they had their first back-to-back sellout since 
2014, and it just happens to be the year that they are doing good. Well, and the, yeah, the Twins are launching home runs at a prodigious right. rate right now. So, so no one was going until they started winning. So there's yeah. a lot of things going on. Yeah, I so know. I don't know where the technical foul lies, but that's not good if Miami's averaging less than a triple-A team. No. <laughs> and I, I don't know what you do to get people into your stadium. Well, Derek Jeter's got to actually – And they just built – I've driven players. by that, the Miami – the the – ballpark mm-hmm. i was last summer i was in miami i was talking to some people who are big sports fans down in miami he said no one cares about the marlins well the they two, care about the dolphins the two times they have won a championship they've disassembled the team immediately afterwards right so i don't know a lot going on in the yeah. baseball world and then come october when you see sold out ballparks you'll hear everyone say what up told you baseball's not dead well, it's still making plenty of money let's yeah. put it that way but no one's going to the games yes yeah, so the average attendance absolutely so uh, that's it it's a There we go. (laughs) It's an interesting conversation. All right. Coming up on the other side, we're going to let you hear from Ken Pomeroy uh, of KenPom.com, good friend of the station. We're here at uh, the Ashley Furniture Home Store, 1773 South, 300 West. Stop in for huge discounts on last year's Tempur-Pedic and uh, Stearns & Foster models. So come and check that out. they got their clearance section where you can find up to 90% off on some of the items back there. Um, they're also extending their Memorial Day savings. So come by and check it out. Huge store, beautiful store. Jake and I, are uh, we've been walking around checking out all the merchandise. You want to get in here, check out the beds, the couches, the tables, the chairs. I love this new version of a coffee table where there's the extendable yes. uh, tops. You yep. can put it up. It's a little higher, so maybe you can eat at it at your couch while you're watching yeah. TV. I think it's awesome. So I, I think these are really cool models of coffee tables. So come out, check it out. Come test out some beds, the couches. You're going to love it. And come by and see us. Uh, we're here giving away hats and T-shirts. So we're out of the ornaments right now. We'll have some more later on in the show. But get your jazz gear here. That's 1773 South, 300 West here in Salt Lake City. Coming up next, more of the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network.